Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Is This Adulthood? I'm Ryan Durkee and I'm joined by a very special guest today. It's Annie the Matchmaker. She's the founder and owner of the Matchmaker Club and she's a dating and relationship coach and I'm so excited for Annie to be joining me. Hi Annie. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yes, I am the founder and uh, matchmaker for the Matchmaker Club. And now I've merged my business with Sync. Um, and Sync, there's these two amazing women over in California who have founded this. And I'm now the lead matchmaker to Canada. And I have to tell you, being a matchmaker can be a really lonely job. So it's been great finding them. The way I understand it, your whole matchmaking career happened when you were only seven and you actually were setting up your dad. So tell, yes. tell the listeners a little bit about that. Yeah. So I guess I have been just, uh, I was born to be a matchmaker and I didn't even realize it. So my parents divorced when I was two and they shared custody of me. So whenever I'm super social um, and whenever it was my dad's weekend, I already had plans. Like I had sleepovers in the calendar. I had my own schedule and my poor dad was like, well, what am I going to do? And I was kind of felt bad leaving him behind. I'm like, <laughs> I need to get this guy some friends. Cause I feel like I'm just leaving him in the dust so it just so happened that I met a friend through a friend and um, we had a sleepover at her house and I kind of realized that her mom was also being left out in the cold and I was like hmm I wonder if this woman wants to be friends with my dad and in my head I thought they can hang out and then I can continue to hang out with my friends and not feel guilty Smart. Um, and so right I, it was like it was cool so I'm originally from Venezuela and my dad's Scottish so this, my friend's mom, who essentially eventually turned out to be my stepmother, uh, she was asking me about my background. And I said, my dad's Scottish. And she said to me, oh, I, I really want to learn English. And that's when I saw, I saw the opportunity and I jumped at it. I was like, my dad will teach you English. So uh, later that day, when my dad came to pick me up, I was like, hey, dad, by the way, Itala is her name. She wants to learn English. And so I thought maybe you could teach her. And my dad was like, yeah, sure. He played it really cool. And he didn't tell me this for a while, but he told me the story later. He's like, Annie, when you said that in my mind, I was like, good job, pal. Like, good job. And so, yes, that's that's essentially what happened. And uh, that really kind of kicked kicked off my my matchmaking career without me realizing it but my background is finance and business and um i had my corporate job in the banking industry and when plenty of fish became really popular I was literally managing my friends accounts like I would come back from work, I would have all of these loggings for my friends, I was, you know, it wasn't super morally correct, but I was having conversations with strangers pretending to be them. And then I'm like, sending them texts like this is what you said, you have a date at this time. And so it was a bit of a mess. But my friends were like, you need to be a matchmaker. And I wasn't even familiar with the industry. So they kept sending me these like job postings of, um, of matchmakers that were hiring. And so I, that's how I essentially started my career. It was by demand. People demanded that I became a matchmaker. And that was 10 years ago. So here we are today. Wow. Almost a decade later. And I think what's right. amazing about that story, besides being a very savvy seven-year-old and uh, being a wingman to your dad is the fact that you seem very approachable, very kind, and also you know how to talk to people. And I feel like that's so important with being a matchmaker. But, you know, as someone who's even been to speed dating events, 
that's so key to make people feel comfortable because a lot of people I'm sure come to you and they may be the best business person out there, but they don't know how to talk to, you know, someone that they're interested in romantically. Right. And that's exactly it. Most of my clients are very high powered CEOs. They're used to outsourcing, you know, like if they want to get fit, they hire a personal trainer. If they don't have time to cook, they hire a chef. And very often they are, you know, they know how to come to the boardroom, but they don't know how to lower their guard and talk to a woman and show that vulnerability. And so I'm glad that you said that, uh, you know, I come across that way because I love dating. I think dating is such a fun part of life. And once you're coupled up, you can look back and be like, I had fun dating. So that's really what I like to coach is getting excited about dating and bringing that energy because it just attracts people to you. Uh, So yeah, absolutely. That's what I love to do. So I'm glad that's coming across. Yeah. And I definitely will get some of your advice because I'm still definitely very single, but I want to learn a little bit more about the process. So when you're matching up people, what kind of things are you looking for? And do opposites really attract? Yes. So opposites can attract. So the how it works is somebody hires me and I really dive in deep. And this is something that I say, nothing shocks me. Like I literally have heard it all. Nothing shocks me. Sometimes people, you know, will make a joke that's really offside and it doesn't phase me because when you're having conversations about love and dating, so much comes up. So the minute I sit down with a potential client, I go, tell me everything. Nothing you say is going to shock me. Trust me. Um, And that it's really important because I need to get to know them on a really personal level. Like when I meet my clients, it's as if we've had a romantic relationship for two years. Like that's how well I need to get to know them. And there's no cookie cutter for people. I heard somebody on Clubhouse say cookie cutter is for baking. And I'm like, that is true, right? We also aren't creating a person. So listening skills are a massive, uh, it's very important when you're a matchmaker and intuition also comes into it. And opposites sometimes do attract. One of my favorite matches has been when I'm unsure because they're so opposite. And that's been the ones that have lasted the longest. So I definitely encourage everybody, if you have a list, toss it. You never know what's good for you and you have to keep an open mind. That's that's an interesting one to toss the list because a couple of episodes, a couple of episodes ago on the podcast, we actually created our perfect partner list and to try (laughs) the the face that you did yeah you're like cringing and it was like you know manifesting that perfect person and it was like let's get very specific and I have the list in my bathroom and sometimes I look at it (laughs) I need I may have to throw it away because you know sometimes now I've gone on dates and I'm like well he seems you know we connect on this we connect on that but he's not six three he's, you know, six feet or whatever. And it's like, you know what, I I think I do need to be, you know, more open minded. And I think a lot of people do, because that's a trap that we get into, right? Like, sometimes, when you're so focused on what your perfect person will be, you're missing maybe the people that are actually perfect for you. And that's exactly it. And this is something that I talk about all the time. There is no such thing as a perfect person. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. The idea or the illusion that we're finding the perfect person when we ourselves are flawed 
is just not, it's a bit toxic, really. And it's going to keep you thinking that there's somebody better for you, even when you are with someone that you're compatible with. So it's about the connection. What I like to say is, and this is something that my mom actually taught me, she's super wise. And uh, I was having issues in a relationship. And you know, I was talking about the perfect person. And she goes, there's no such a thing. Everybody is flawed is what flaws can you accept in the long term? What things do they have that don't go against your personal beliefs and lifestyle if those things are compromising your views or your beliefs and that's not someone for you but there is no such thing as a perfect person and I do agree that you know I think it's good to look at our history and kind of say okay this has worked for me this hasn't worked but when it comes down to single little tiny things or attributes or personality like he has to be six four well what if your perfect guy is six six foot what if he's five nine and you guys have an incredible connection but in your mind you're thinking well I have this list and I haven't manifested it so I must be failing there must be someone better out there you're essentially using the online dating filters in your life which don't work wow that's thank you for that I I really appreciate that. And it's interesting because you give advice all the time on Clubhouse. You're kind of like a Clubhouse, literally all day. And you're like a Clubhouse celebrity. And for those that are listening or watching who may not know about Clubhouse, I mean, I'm only a month in and I'm addicted to it. Can you explain a little bit more about what it is? And is this kind of the future dating app? Yes. Uh, Clubhouse, honestly, I know it sounds like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and I'm just promoting Clubhouse. I'm not getting paid. Like people that are on Clubhouse, we're not getting paid. We're just passionate about connections. And Clubhouse has really been a gift. And I'll tell you what, we're able to connect based on our intellect, our perspectives, communicating, building connections. That's what we all want to do. And with online dating, it's so static. You can look at somebody, but hey, they might have filters. They might know their angles. And ultimately, that's not what's attractive. What's attractive is people's personalities, the way that they talk about their passions, the way that they, you know, evoke their passions. That's what's attractive. You can absolutely fall in love with somebody's voice and personality over a photo. So yes, Clubhouse is the future of dating. We have seen it on Clubhouse. As you mentioned, I am constantly on there. I belong to a group of amazing moderators. We're all dating coaches. We're all matchmakers. And we're passionate about bringing people together. And and today, just today, I was uh, in a roundtable of matchmakers. Like the most notorious, well-known matchmakers are now coming to Clubhouse because that's where we can build community and make the connections. And now I'm seeing so many single people coming into our rooms, wanting to get to know each other and uh, really explore the possibilities of connecting with people in a more organic, authentic way. So Clubhouse, you know, beware, you will get addictive, but it's addictive for the best reasons. And it's because you actually feel like you're part of something. It's so true. And it's a community there. And just so the people that are listening, I know we're going to talk about um, how people can get in touch with you at the end of the podcast. But in case someone's listening right now, they're on Clubhouse, how can they find you? And what is the group usually called that you run? Yeah, so my name on there is Annie the Matchmaker. So it would be pretty easy to spot me. Uh, but I think my handle is Annie Garmendia. So I belong to a couple of rooms. Uh, Chris is great. He does the snug room. I, I do a lot of rooms with Flora. She does Redo Love. Uh, Nicola and Fuji. Like there's just such amazing 
people on there that are just wanting to provide value. And it's all free information. Like never has a group of people that are experts in the field come together, collaborated to provide free advice. This is this is things we usually charge for, but that's how passionate we are about our industry and just spreading awareness that you're not alone. We all have struggled with dating and that's possibly why we have become experts. We, we kind of know the ins and outs of dating. So um, the best way is definitely search my name, Annie the Matchmaker or Annie Garmendia. Uh, I also host daily rooms, uh, actually Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's just a hundred random questions that we ask strangers and the conversations have been wild like yeah I saw that today it's super fun and it's wild you never know how people are going to answer these questions but that's what it is it's about getting to know each other in a really fun way in building community we also host different rooms um, different time zones about different topics just anything relating to dating relationships sex online dating you name it we're covering it I love that. And I love your rooms. You're a great moderator in there. And yeah, definitely people should give a follow. It's interesting because you're so right about Clubhouse connecting people because on, you know, dating apps or, you know, even with, um, I find with um, speed dating even because it's so quick and it's in, you know, maybe seven minutes and you're going through different rounds. The difference with Clubhouse is you're talking to people and sometimes you're talking to them, even if it's in a group setting for hours, like a clubhouse hour feels like 10 minutes. So you're on there for like four hours and all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, where did time go? And you're getting to know people's personalities and then you follow them, you find their Instagram. And for example, I went on a date with a guy who I met on clubhouse today. Yes. I want to know about that. How did it go? <laughs> it went pretty well. Um, he's Canadian as well, but he's on the East Coast. So there's a little bit of distance, which is we'll have to see how that works out. But I saw him in an LGBT group. I um, pinged him into a private room because you can do that on Clubhouse, mm, yes. as you know. Yeah. And I was just like, OK, let's see what happens because he had followed me. I'd followed him. We um, we had followed each other on Instagram. This was after the first group we were in. And then I saw him in another group. I'm like, okay, I'm going to ping him into a private room. So I started talking to him and literally we talked for like 45 minutes and just got to know each other. And by the end of it, it was like, okay, when's the second date? And already tomorrow we have a second date. So either way, whether it's a relationship or it's a friendship, we just created a connection completely from our voices. Uh, And you can see a photo, of course, but. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you can also connect your social media so they have a little bit more perspective as to who you are. But it's exactly that. It's building these connections. You know, these rooms that we've been hosting for singles have been really successful because it's not only it's it's a way to connect with people in a concentrated room, let's say. Um, But a lot of the connections that we've seen happen is from people that have seen them in other rooms. So they bring that up during the conversation. It's like, oh, hey, I want to, you know, connect with this person. And I saw you in this room talking about tech or renewable energy or, or whatever they've heard people talk about in other rooms. And now they come into the single space. Now they're in a room together and they see the opportunity to connect with them. And so that's really what we've been seeing. And just like you said, it starts with a connection, then kind of assess. Let's start with friendship and see how that grows. So definitely Clubhouse is the new medium for singles. And it's just been 
fascinating. The energy that people bring, the way that we're connecting, it's, it's unprecedented. So it's incredible. I love that. I want to get your advice on how to stand out, whether it's on a dating app or maybe it's even seeing someone cute in public. How do you stand out when you interact with someone that you may be interested in getting to know romantically? Yeah, so it's very different in real life and online dating. We actually did a room last week, the do's and don'ts of online dating. Uh, it is very difficult, especially for men to stand out online dating. You know, it's it's so hard. So really maximizing what you have been given. So that's your bio. Uh, I always suggest start telling a story that's really fascinating and then stop halfway through and say, if you want to, if you want to hear the end of the story, then message me. And so therefore you're getting people that are engaged with you already. So that's, that's also giving them an icebreaker, right? So I helped mm -hmm. a woman with her profile and we were talking about, okay, like how, how are you going to make this engaging and fun? So I was asking her, tell me some of the crazy stories or things that you're willing to share, but you know, that people want to want to find out more. So she's like, I can tell the story of the first time that I went skinny dipping. And I was like, that is perfect. Let's yeah. start that. So her bio was basically the story of how she, the first time she went skinny dipping and she cut it off right as it was going to get juicy. And she said, but anyways, DM me for more. And I was like, that, that kind of stuff is what's going to set you apart from the crowd. And also, of course, it's a visual app. So you have to have good photos of yourself. Now, women do this it, they do an incredible job at this, maybe too well, because men usually complained about the filters and that they look, you know, a certain way. And then in real life, they look different. I would advise ease up on the filters for women, you know, yeah, you know, if you're feeling like you had a breakout, okay, touch that up, whatever, you know, <laughs> but don't completely change your face. So when you show up to the date, the guy's like, walking right past you because he doesn't recognize you you're already mm -hmm. starting in a in a dishonest way it's so you're going to have to back paddle and try to gain their trust back it's not going to work so that's a disadvantage and for men men really struggle because you 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 guys aren't taking selfies and if you are you're missing the mark you're going in front of a mirror you're taking your shirt off and then that whole thing, it's a topic with women or, you know, you go through your history of your photos and it's all these archived photos of when you went on a ski trip or when you went fishing and we all know about the fish photo. So <laughs> it's maximizing, you know, put your phone on selfie and a timer have a photo of yourself that looks organic. Like, do you like cooking? Well, you know what? Take a photo of yourself. Don't take a photo of the plate. Cause I also see some people do that. Like they'll put photos of the meals that they've cooked online. And it's like, well, I'm not looking to date a pasta bowl. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's true. I want to see how you cooked this. Or your truck. I'm not looking to date your or truck that you're here, posting. Right? Yeah. No. And they make that the profile photo. It's so confusing. So make sure that the first photo, the profile photo is how you want to present yourself. And it has to be genuine, natural and organic. So, you know, you like cooking and I want to see diversity. Show me different things. So you enjoy cooking. Put your phone on 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 a timer. Take a really you don't even have to smile. You don't have to post just take a few photos, pick the one that you like best. If you like running, you know, now we can put videos on certain apps. So you can do like a 30 second video of you on your run, you know, just like selfie, whatever, get creative with it. One of the other things that I um, advise people do is change your the first photo that people see change that often. 
because sometimes when we're scrolling or swiping, I should say, it's as simple as like what visuals I'm attracted to. Sometimes you're not even looking at the person. It's just like, it could be, you know, red is not my color. So I see red and I just swipe. I didn't see the face. I just saw red. So changing that profile photo often is also going to trick the system. And if you're constantly changing your bio and changing your profile photo, um, it tricks the system into thinking that you're new and it might bump you up to the top again. So it's also using that consistently and you have to put the effort in. You know, if you're doing, a, if you have your, your bio, change that daily. Tell me, use it like a blog, you know, like what was your day like? get creative. And that's how you stand out. And it tells somebody on the other side that you're putting effort and energy into it. And that attracts people. I love that. And I've, I've never heard some of those tips, like the changing the bio or changing the photos. It's true. It keeps it relevant. It keeps it fresh. And that's what we need nowadays. So when yeah. someone's on the apps, you know, people are so into this online world of dating. And I think a lot of people are kind of tired of it, but when when should exactly right like you get it it's the fatigue it's like the zoom fatigue being on zoom all day yeah uh when should they approach a matchmaker like yourself so a matchmaker you know i like to say that matchmakers are the antidote for online dating so matchmakers do tend to be expensive i'm not gonna lie it's very much a curated service we're hand-picking for you, you're you're essentially hiring us to work for you. So if you are somebody that is used to, um, you know, looking for people to do things that you don't necessarily want to do, you're used to outsourcing. Uh, If you want a personal train, or if you want to get fit, you hire a personal trainer, it's the same concept. That's what a matchmaker does for you. It takes your time, your valuable time that you could be spending on your business. Now you're free to go do that and we'll take care of your dating life. So that's a great time to look at a matchmaker. Are you online and wasting time not meeting the people that you want to meet and have the income to outsource? Matchmaker is the way to go for you. We have an incredible database of incredible women that are constantly coming to us because women get really overwhelmed online. They just don't want to. You know, women operate from a maybe standpoint. So when we're swiping, we're not totally sold. It's like, yeah, he's cute, but maybe, you know, because we still have to get to know you. So like maybe the personality personality sucks, but like you're cute, but we still know that. So it's like, Maybe, maybe, maybe. So we go on a maybe swiping spree. And what ends up happening is that you go into your inbox and you have like 30 matches and that's already overwhelming because how, where do you even start? So women usually hate online dating and that's when they come and want to get added to their database, to our database, because we, they know that our clients are serious about looking for somebody that fits their lifestyle and what they're looking for. I just want to say, I wish that my inbox was 30 messages deep of (laughs) singles looking for me. It's it's too overwhelming. It's too much. (laughs) I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain, but I I could see that being, I could see that being overwhelming. Uh, So now you've matched up, you know, the two people or, you know, someone's met on a, a dating app or clubhouse or whatever. So now you're on the first date. So what kind of tips do you have on the first date so that, you know, maybe you're not too overwhelming or you don't scare them away, but you also present an authentic, you know, version of yourself? 
Totally. So my first tip is have no expectation to an outcome. Detach the expectation to whatever outcome, right? I feel like sometimes people, and I find this a lot with recently single or divorced um, singles that are getting back into the space, they're like, you know, if you really want to find somebody, you kind of put pressure on yourself to perform in a way you want to like, make sure that you are the person that they're looking for. But like, hang on a second, are they the person that you are looking for? And that's how you should come to the first day, you got to keep it fun. I mean, there's there shouldn't be like a list of interview questions that you must check off. No, there are some important questions, you know, if you're looking to have children, and you're dating somebody maybe a little bit older, yes, for sure, cover that topic, because that's a deal breaker on its own. And it's understandable. Um, but if it's like little things, you know what, just go on the date and have fun, take the person that is in front of you, you've connected for a reason. It's very hard to take it offline into the real world. So congratulations, you have managed mm -hmm. that. So you might as well enjoy getting to know this person. If you don't enjoy getting to know people, you're going to have to learn to do that because that is the foundation of dating. So that is my advice to a first date. Have fun with it. Have no expectation and, and get to know the other person sitting across from you. I love that. That's great advice. And I, I think you'll agree with this. But as someone who has gone on a bunch of dates, I found the most that I learned about myself and who I'm looking for as far as a partner came from going on multiple dates, even those dates where it was a one time date. And totally. I was like, Yeah, I'm not really feeling it. So like, what kind of advice do you have to the people that are just nervous to even get to that point of the first date, in case it doesn't work out? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's in case it doesn't work out. But that again, comes down to expectation, I would say have no expectation, you're going on a date, just to possibly find out about yourself. And this is something that I was talking to uh, another matchmaker yesterday. And it's um, e meeting the right person takes a little bit of luck, timing and patience. So when those three things collide, are you going to be ready? Are you going to be ready? Like, what are you doing now? What are you working on in your own personality and your own person that when that opportunity presents itself, you don't mess it up, you know? So when, again, it takes timing, uh, a little bit of luck and patience. So you have to practice being good with people. Uh, dating is a skill. It's an art form. So be better at it by going on terrible dates. And you know what, I was in a room last night, it was called the worst date stories. And I love those. Because once you're in a relationship, those are fun stories to go back on. And it, it can also be like a fun conversation, you know, what's the worst date you've ever been on. And once you're in a relationship, hopefully, you don't have to go on a worst date again. So it's kind of fun, you have some material for conversation later on. I love that, that, and that may be a reason why some of my friends still talk to me is for some of those stories, but, um, it's, it's a good point. It's like, once you're in that perfect relationship, there's not going to be the drama anymore. There's not going to be, you know, or at least you hope not, but those dating stories, that's such a good point. It makes for a good, uh, even a good party story, right? You can, yeah. you can tell people about it. Totally. And, and 
no time is wasted when you're getting to know an individual and it comes back to what you said, right? It's all a learning experience. Maybe, you know, I encourage everybody to start from the outside and work your way in. So keep a super open mind and narrow based on experience, not like what you think might work or might not work. No, put it into practice. Okay, so you don't like uh, doctors. Let's just, I mean, who doesn't like a doctor? Thank God for doctors, especially in the pandemic. But let's just put that out there. Oh, I don't like doctors. Well, why don't you like doctors? I don't know. Blood makes me nervous. So it's like, that's go on a date with a doctor. Like, let's, let's take this mentality away from you. And maybe the love of your life is a freaking doctor. You know what I mean? So just go have fun with it. It's all a learning process and you're going, that's exactly it, a learning process. You're going to learn what you want and don't want. And that's what dating is. How do we feel about red flags? always keep an eye out for red flags, but red flags, I think sometimes are brought up too soon. Like what is a red flag? Well, red flags are like, if the person is making you feel terrible about yourself, okay, well, you might be with a narcissist, you know, are they, are they making you feel insecure? Are they toxic? These things, but certain red flags can be changed by communicating. So not everybody is this toxic person. And oh my God, I see red flags. Well, like, let's talk about the red flags if you communicate that this isn't something that you like are they willing to change it so i say also keep an open mind when it comes to red flags unless it's compromising your own person like your soul feels shitty around them yeah then that might be a red flag to to really look out for but is it he didn't text me back straight away that's not a red flag that's just maybe he has a light so i think it's really dependent on what people think a red flag is You're so fun. I feel like this is why people love you so much. So how do you feel about situationships where, you know, there's this, I'm, you may have heard about this, but it's this whole uncommitted stage. What are we? And they're kind of, they're not friends with benefits necessarily where you've established that, Hey, we're hooking up, no strings attached. It's just like weird gray zone that I know a lot of people are in and they're kind of like, why am I in this? Like, why am I spending so much time with this person, but they won't commit to me? Yeah. So uh, funny. This is something that came up in Clubhouse. I feel like I should shut up about Clubhouse. People are going to think I work for them or something, but um, it's about return of investment. So how much time are you spending with someone? Are you seeing the investment back? If you're not, then that's a situation ship that you must assess, right? Some people are happy with keeping it casual. If you're not, then, you know, after a certain time, maybe discuss it. I feel like people are so afraid to ask the other person, what are we? Of course, don't ask that on the first date. That's going to send him or her running for the hills. But if you've seen each other for a long period of time, like, you know, a month, two months, and you want to know, just bring up really casually be like, Hey, like, do you want, are we seeing other people or do you want to like do this? And if they say they want to see other people, then, Hey, go see other people too. Like, what are you doing? Let's not cry about it. That's an open for you to say, okay, well, it's cool that I can hang out with you. um, But now you know where you stand. And so it's all about return for investment and you have to be clear on what that is for you. I I love that. That's great advice. Um, Now, as far as going on the date, and then there's this whole thing, whether you should or should not sleep with someone on the first date, if there's that connection. How do you feel about that? Because I've heard people be like, three date rule, don't do it before then. Then I've heard people be like, if there's a great connection, 
do it. And then maybe they've gotten into a relationship out of it. So is there like a, a specific rule that you would advise people on that? There's no right or wrong. You have to do what feels right for you. And this, this is another topic that we covered on Clubhouse. And uh, we asked the room, sex on the first date, yes or no? And it was fascinating. Um, for me in particular, I'm very emotional. I have to feel an emotional connection in order for me to orgasm. If I don't have an emotional connection, like why are we even having sex? I don't feel anything. Like I literally don't feel anything. So I know for me, a one night stand, it, I'm not going to get off on it. So what's the point of having sex? It's not serving me in any way. So no, that's not for me. But some other people, they find that if the sexual chemistry isn't there, that's a make or break for the relationship. So they want to get to it straight away. So they know. So really, it's about what is right for you. There's no right or wrong. It's just knowing yourself. How are you going to feel? Are you going to feel shame after sleeping with someone? Well, if that's if that's the case, then just don't do it. There's no pressure to do it or not. It takes two, right? And if you're someone that values and puts that as a priority, like sexual chemistry has to be there. And if it's not, that's a deal breaker, then hey, you might want to explore that. And hopefully you have somebody else on the other side that values that as well. So there's no right or wrong when it comes to dating. It's just what feels best for you and the other person, because that's the other thing, right? You're now you're two, essentially. So just do what feels right. And as far as texting, you know, there's all these rules like you should wait a couple hours before responding and things like that. Is that just all bull and people should just be texting each other naturally? Or is there something yeah. to that? Yeah, I don't play these games like but also I encourage everybody to have your own life. I think that if you're sitting around waiting for a text, then you need to assess your situation. Like, if that's how you feel, like if you're feeling, if you're seeing yourself looking at your phone constantly, and every buzz or ping, you pick it up straight away. You know what you need to do? You need to put your phone down, leave it at home and go for a walk, like go do something and fill your own life, create that self love for you love yourself in that moment, you don't need validation from anybody else. But if you're feeling great about yourself, and you're centered and you're secure with who you are, and you have a great life. If somebody texts you and your phone's in your hand, like don't play games, just text them straight away. If you see that they're playing games, call them out on it call them out. Be oh, like, really? What is this bullshit you're playing? You know, like, yeah. I see, you know, we're texting back and forth. Are you and and you know what, don't call them out in like, a, uh, you know, like an aggressive way, be cheeky with it, be like, Oh, you're one <laughs> of these guys that thinks, you know, you have to wait two hours. Okay, I see how it is, you know, just next time you're online, send me a smoke signal, like just be funny with it. Dis disarm people because there are a lot of people that want to communicate, but they give into these ideas. Oh, no. And they're like looking at the time. Okay, two hours, we're almost there. Oh, okay, two hours. And then they pick up their phone. That's, that's not going to work. Just be authentic to who you are. But I will say, if you do find yourself with this like text anxiety, right? Put your phone away, put it in a drawer. I don't care. Leave it at home and go do something. And then when you come back, don't run to your phone. Don't be thinking about, did he text me? Did he not text me? Did she call me? Did she not call me? No, go do some things and get to your phone when you want to get to your phone, not because you're expecting something from someone. And I guess if they care, they're going to put in that effort, right? Totally. 
because people make excuses all the time. People are making excuses. Oh, maybe he forgot. Maybe he got busy. Maybe. And like, maybe sometimes that is the case, but I feel like if there's a pattern, maybe they're like the movie, they're just not that into you. Right. Totally. And that's been coming up a lot because I love that saying. Sometimes we have to be really rash with ourselves and tell ourselves that, right? There's nothing wrong with it. It's not like a personal thing. Yeah, of course, we take it personal, but it's they're, they're their own world. Everybody is their own world and universe, and they have their own solar systems. And it's like, maybe I just don't fit into their solar system, but that's that's cool. Like, I'm awesome. So no sweat off my back, right? Love that. How do we feel about ghosting when someone ghosts you? Are they are they cut off? I think with ghosting, it depends. If it's if it's, you know, on an online dating app. Right. And uh, maybe you've exchanged like a few words and you're not feeling it. To be honest, I don't really think they owe you anything. Um, no message is a message. So there you go. But I think that if you've gone on like at least one date or you communicated over a period of time, like a few days, how much effort is it going to take you to say, hey, you know what? It's been great getting to know you, but I just don't feel the connection I'm looking for. Like that literally will take you three seconds. So just do that. Take the higher road. And that's that's pretty much it. It shouldn't be this complicated. Like, do I ghost? Do I not ghost? Yeah, of course. It's at the beginning. You don't owe them anything. An explanation sometimes seems like too much, you know, and the other person can be like, what are you talking about? We literally exchanged two hays. Like, you don't need to give me this whole <laughs> spiel about like, I didn't feel like I, that's too much. Right. But if you've been communicating for a few days or have even gone on a date, yeah, you need to just let them know, give them that closure. I love that. How do we feel about staying in touch with exes? Because I know I've done it before and tried it. It was tough. It was tough because sometimes feelings come back into it. And I went to a psychic actually, and she told me, she told me to block my ex. She's like, block him on everything. I know. I felt bad like a year later. Oh my gosh. I know. I love it. She just knew. Like before I left, she's just like, who's this guy? She she just knew somehow. And she's like, block him on everything. I'm like, well, should I just unfollow him? She's like, block him. (laughs) Unfollowing is not enough. You can always (laughs) just come back and snoop and creep. Yeah, I love psychics. I went to a psychic recently. And the minute I sat down with him, like he was legit. Like he was legit. The minute I came, he was like, you know, getting into it. And I sat down and he just went, Annie, Annie, Annie. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, what am I in for? Um, But it was incredible. It was an incredible reading. Uh, You know, if you're not into it, that's totally cool. But how do I, what was the question? How do I, oh, excess. You know what? We all have a history. Like there's no reset history button on people and their relationships. Um, For example, myself, uh, I have great relationships with all of my exes, literally all of my exes I'm still in contact with, but it's a healthy communication. We're not here reminiscing about, you know, what used to be and do you remember this? And we're not trying to, you know, get these like emotions all riled up. No, it's just we loved each other at one time, we respected, I spend it, I spent a significant amount of my life with you. Can we still be friends? And some people won't take to that depending on how the relation ended up, if the relationship ended. But if it ended because you guys grew apart, or, you know, something really a healthy way of ending the relationship, it was amicable, and it was mutual. Why can't you transition to a friendship? Yes, of course, there needs to be time 
to mourn the relationship and have those feelings settle again. But I don't think there's anything wrong communicating with your ex if it's a healthy communication, if it really is based on mutual respect and not being in love, but having care for that person. I don't see, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. Yeah. And just having that cordial relationship, you don't have to be texting them all the time. You don't have to be texting them a happy birthday or a Merry Christmas, but you know, you could be liking their photos once in a while, or just like seeing their stories, seeing how they're doing right on social media. Or if you bump into them at the grocery store, there's no weird feelings. No, and there shouldn't be right again, you've spent a significant amount of time, you know, like a year two years, you're not getting that back. You know, we're every day we're older. So why not still have um, respect and and a mutual um, care for one another. And again, I think it's good what you said, it's not you're texting every day. No, but maybe they text you, you know, I have some ex boyfriends, I don't talk to them at all. But I know I remember their birthdays, they remember mine. So we talk to each other once a year. And it's like, happy birthday. How's it going? Yeah, it's going great. How are you in life? And that's the time that we catch up twice a year, I guess, on their birthday on my birthday. And that's really I mean, my ex boyfriend, He's married with children. I have children. He'll invite me to his kids' parties. Oh, wow. No problem. I'll go. Sure. And what if you were in a relationship where someone saw that text come in every birthday and they're like, why are you still in touch with your ex? And they start asking you questions or they're insecure about it. It's all, you know what, you have the ability to make someone feel insecure and you also have the ability to make someone feel secure in the relationship. So it's all about communication, you know, if they, and it's about also prioritizing feelings, right? So if my partner at the time was feeling really insecure, I would take a look at myself and say, how am I not making this person feel secure in our relationship? Something like this, like an ex-boyfriend just texting me happy birthday, shouldn't be a threat to our relationship. And if that's how they feel, there is something that I need to work on to make this person feel secure. So really, it comes down, it's, it's, you have to do it together. It's communication. You have to let them understand, make them understand that this is not a big deal and really get them on board. So when this text does come through in the next year, they're like, oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They can expect it. And they know that they're in a secure relationship with you. And a happy birthday text is not going to destabilize your relationship with them. Should your partner know your, your phone passcode? That's a good one. Um, I mean, if they ask, I don't see like, you know, uh, that's a good one. Should they know? Hmm, I think this is, it depends on the person, but I definitely do think that if they hide it, like if, if mm-hmm. they really, really hide it, and if you ask them and they, they're really hesitant, that rings alarms. And again, it comes back to what I was saying. Does that make me feel secure? No, it doesn't. And yeah. so it depends. How do you want to make your partner feel? If you're not giving up your passcode, explain to me why. There must be a really good reason. And I did actually date somebody who I never asked, but he made it very clear that he wasn't ever able to uh, show me his passcode and he had to be very secretive. And that's because of his job. There was very sensitive information where he had signed NDAs. And, you know, we had only been in a relationship for six months. It's not like we were married and he could trust me with this information. If we broke up tomorrow, I had the ability to potentially send him to jail or get sued. 
So I understood it. That made me feel secure. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Right. But if it's for no good reason and they're holding on to that phone for dear life, then you have to have the conversation. Hey, you know what? Your, your, your privacy uh, situation is making me feel uncomfortable. How can you help me get over that? Wow. We've covered so many topics today. You really helped me. I feel like I'm taking mental notes slash I edit the podcast. So I'll, I'll definitely be able to review all these notes for my future That's dating. Awesome. And I could talk to you for hours. Um, but I, I feel like we covered a lot today. And this is why people listen to you for hours on Clubhouse. And I just want to thank you so much for your time. And if there's anything else you want to add or give any other advice, feel free to do so. Well, if you want to just keep hearing free advice, you're going to have to come to Clubhouse because that's where I spend the majority of the day just <laughs> helping people. But I, you mentioned, um, you know, that, that you really like me and my energy and that goes both ways. I love what you're doing. I love your energy, your podcast. I, I'm not super familiar. I'm glad that you connected. And then I heard some some of your older podcasts and you know, the way that you conduct an interview is very professional. Your questions are intentional. And uh, they really get to the point. So thank you for just being a professional at podcasting. This isn't my medium, by the way, podcasting. Uh, I love it, but I just never, I never started my own. So I'm glad that Clubhouse is now uh, a medium that is easy for me. Well, you did great. And I would definitely subscribe to an Andy the Matchmaker podcast, just so you know. <laughs> Good. I might need you. No, you know what? I think I'm going to stick with Clubhouse. It's already too much like balancing Clubhouse, my business, my life, my personal life. It's insane. Uh, one of my friends actually said that she's going to have to create a Facebook group as like moral support because I've just been MIA. Oh, um, no. Yeah, it's just we're just you know, it's, it's an incredible app where I'm making so many friendships, connections on helping people. It's addictive. It's been amazing, but thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Cause you know what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that, Annie. And if people are interested in contacting you for your services or for advice, where can they reach you on, you know, your website and social media and all that? Yes. Instagram is the best. So our business is sync.com. That's C-I-N-Q-E. No U. I know autocorrect likes to change it. And uh, I, I sometimes misspell it myself because of autocorrect. So that's C-I-N-Q-E dot com. That's our matchmaking um, platform. And then if you want to connect with me through Instagram on my bio and right there on the description and link tree. You can also set up a free coaching call with me, a 15 minute free uh, coaching session. And then you can also find me on Clubhouse just spewing out valuable information for free all day long. So and what's your Instagram? It's the matchmaker club. Perfect. That's awesome. Thank you again, Annie. And uh, I really appreciate it. I'm sure our viewers and listeners got a lot from this conversation. I know I did. And uh, if anyone is interested in following the podcast, you can do that at Is This Adulthood on Instagram or at ITA underscore podcast on Twitter. My Instagram is at Ryan Durgy, R-Y-A-N-D-U-R-G-Y and the same on Twitter. Thanks again, Annie. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Ryan. This is No awesome. worries. <laughs> Bye. Bye.